Good morning, everybody. It's great to be together. My name is Luke. I'm one of the pastors here and part of our preaching team. And today's a big day. Today's a big day in the life of our church, a big day in this year, a big day um, really in the decade that our church has existed. And that's because we're concluding this We Are Here series. And today is this day that we've just titled Desperation. That's what this day is about, is desperation, this desperate need that we have for the Lord. And today's a big day because in our desperation, we're making some big commitments. This is a commitment day for us, and uh, we'll talk about that here in just a moment. But I'm really glad you're here. I know it's kind of a full room, and that's even more fun because it's fun when the important days have a lot of people here and a lot of us joining together to remind ourselves of how much we need the Lord This series, We Are Here, has been all about this reality that we are at the intersection right now of a 10-year history as a church, about to move into our new building. We're in this place that seems really strategic in the Southeast Valley where all kinds of new people are coming, people who don't necessarily have roots, people who don't necessarily have family, people who don't necessarily have connection, people who have lots of stuff but often are very spiritually empty. Add that to the reality that just this cultural moment we're in is such that people think, you know what, I'm more hopeless than ever, and I don't actually think the church can help. What an opportunity. That's what this series is about. That's where we've been. Here we are in this cusp of moving into a new building, about to expand our property. If you're new with us, that's our building just right next door. They've just started planting trees. It's beautiful. It's looking good. It's coming along. But we don't want to just have that be a space where everybody who already knows about us kind of just has a nice roomier place to worship, but rather we want to be a place that offers hope to our community. And so that's why we've said what our vision is, what our dream is, as we think about where we're going, that's where we are, but where are we going? We want to become the best friend that this community has. That's our dream, to be the best friend that this community has, to be a place that people know they can turn when they're in need, to be a place that people know they can get to when they have issues, to be a place that people, even who don't necessarily agree with us or believe what we believe, would say, wow, I'm glad they're here. That's our dream. That's our desire. Well, how do we get there? That's what this series has been about. And what we said was that it began with taking on a missionary mindset. It's easy for a church 10 years in, moving into a new building to think, oh, we've reached a kind of finish line. We've made it. We're all grown up now. And to get inward and selfish and lazy and dull and spiritually asleep to get so good at doing church even that we don't really realize the need we have for the Lord as we do it. We don't want to be that church. And so we've said we need a a missionary mindset. And a missionary is dependent on the Lord. A missionary is asking for God's help. A missionary is, is looking at the world through the lens of the mission that God has sent us on. And so we've invited you to join us in five commitments. And if you have your program, actually, I want to invite you to reach into it. And grab in there, we've put a couple cards in there because we know some of you share programs, but I want everyone in the room to have this card. And so if you don't have this card or the person next to you uh, won't share their extra one, I want to invite our ushers forward. They have a couple of things you'll want. You'll want one of these cards. I want everybody to have one of these cards. So if you don't have a card, put your hand up. You'll also need a pen. And almost every one of you will need a pen if you're going to plan on uh, committing and joining us in this endeavor. So put your hand up. As the ushers uh, come forward, they have pens and they have these commitment cards. 
these commitments that you see on this card, these are the five exact commitments that we actually had people make 10 years ago. Thank you for those of you who are still waiting. Just be patient. They'll get to you. 10 years ago, we had 50 people who were part of our church plant launch team. And we said, hey, we want you to make these five commitments. One of them actually this morning said, so does that mean I'm off the hook from my previous commitment if I commit today? Like does, and and how, how awesome that, that they're still here and still part of this. And so this is what we've been asking you to pray about. And we feel like these are things that begin to help us on a trajectory of thinking like missionaries and being the best friend that our community has. So here's what we're asking you to do is we're asking you to join our 2019 launch team. Anybody who makes these commitments is part of that team. So for the next 12 months, not for the next 10 years, but for the next 12 months, would you join us by committing to coming, regularly being part of a Sunday gathering, regularly being part of a small group. Maybe that's in a men's group or a women's group or a redemption community co-ed group. Maybe it's part of a student ministry small group on Wednesday night. But would you be part of a regular kind of coming in the church? Would you also join us by going? By going, saying, you know, I am a missionary. God has called me to be filled with his spirit and to speak good news and to love my neighbor. Would you go to your circle of influence? Third, would you invite people to experience the life of the church? This is an incredible stat we've just kept over the years. But uh, over the last 10 years, we've had it where about 75% of the people in our church have invited at least one person to church every year who doesn't go anywhere else. Typically, we've had about 37% of people invite three or more people who don't go anywhere else, right? So get this. This is not people who go, oh, you go to church? Yeah, I go to Mission. Oh, well, you should come to Redemption Gateway. (laughs) Oh, you go to Central. Oh, well, you should come to Redemption Gateway. Oh, you go to Harvest. You should come to Redemption Gateway. No, 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 not that. But these are people who don't go to church anywhere. Like, they're not thinking, which church has the coolest show? They're thinking, brunch or the lake. And in the midst of that, you have the courage to say, you know what? Why don't you come to church with me? I think you might actually be surprised. And so, so many of you have done that. We're inviting you to keep doing that. Fourth, we're asking you to join us in serving, to having your name on the fridge, having some responsibility that you are committed to. Maybe that's in the church, maybe that's in the community, but having something that The body of Christ is counting on you to do. And then last is giving, financially. The scriptures tell us, Jesus told us that our hearts follow our treasure. So when we give to something, our hearts actually get more involved in it. And so this last one is not as much about, gosh, we really need your money, though every ministry needs money and you all are so generous in it. But what this is about is saying, we need your heart. And if your money's holding back, your heart's holding back. And so we want you to join us in that as well. And so we're going to have a moment a little bit later in our service where we invite you to fill this out. You can go ahead and get started if you know your name and your email. And if you want to make that commitment and go ahead and sign it, you can go ahead and fill that out now or you can wait. You can say, how good does he do at selling me on this? Uh, You know, stay tuned. Um, But we're going to have a moment later in the service where we invite you to Come forward, actually, and drop these into these baskets here as a physical way of saying, yes, I'm joining. Yes, I'm in. Yes, I want to make this commitment. Now, here's what I know. I know that some of you shouldn't do this. Some of you shouldn't do this. Maybe you're new, and you're like, whoa. 
this is a hard sell day one. No, it's not. You, you shouldn't join if, this is, if you're new to this. Some of you, you're also in a season of healing. Maybe there's some stuff that's been going on in your life. Maybe there's a ministry that you've been part of in the past. And you just go, you know what? I, I need a season where I'm not so busy. I just need to kind of be more on the receiving end of things until I heal up and then I'll join in. That's, that's great. Some of you shouldn't do this because you just have other life situations and other circumstances and things going on with family or things going on with health or other things that just make it where you just shouldn't, you shouldn't do it. And here, here's the thing. I don't want to strong arm you into this because if I have to strong arm you into it, then I got to help you keep it. I don't want to do that. So listen, I trust you. I trust if you're a follower of Jesus, you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you want what he wants. And so do what he thinks is best for your life. F- figure that out and follow that lead. I realize not everybody should do this. So if you're a person that's not going to come forward, I don't want you to kind of hang your head in shame and go, did they, did they notice? It wasn't, no. You're welcome here. We love you here. We think you have a lot to contribute as it relates to the ministry of the church. Keep coming, keep being part of it. We get it. But many of you should. Because many of you have kind of been on the sidelines for a while. You've been thinking about it. Yeah, I probably ought to get more involved. But that I ought to get more involved has gone on now for six months and nine months and 18 months. It's time. Join us. Be part of this. Get in on the action. What an important and what a pivotal time as we go into this next season. Many of you should join us and you should be part of this. Now, here's what I realize is that we can do these five things over the next 12 years, or 12, 12 months, and that will not guarantee that in 10 years from now, we're the best friend our community has, all right? This is not like, if we do this for 12 months, 10 years from now, we'll be the best friend our community has. No, that dream to be the best friend our community has, that's a bigger dream than any of us can do. That's a bigger dream than any of us can just accomplish in our own strength. It, it, it begins with a missionary mindset. It begins with some commitment. It begins with saying, yeah, I want to be all in on what God's doing in this part of the valley through Redemption Gateway. But it continues by abiding in Jesus, which is why we've spent the last six weeks camped out in John chapter 15, looking at what it is to stay connected to Jesus, to stay remaining in Jesus, to stay close to Jesus. I want to tell you the scariest thing in my life. When I think about it, there's a lot to be afraid of these days, right? A lot of money to be made on people's fears. But when I stop and think, here's the scariest thing in my life, is how good I am at doing most things without God. scariest thing in my life is how good I am, how competent, how capable I am at so many things, not everything, but at so many things that I feel like I could do it without God. Some of you go, wow, what a charmed life you must have if that's your biggest fear. But, but here's why it's my biggest fear, because Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing of value, nothing that's fruitful, nothing that lasts, nothing that makes any kind of eternal difference. And I am really good at a lot of different things without God. I came from a good family. So there's some things that I do as it relates to marriage and parenting just kind of intuitively that I realize if I came from a a harder family, I probably wouldn't do quite as well. I'm well educated. I know how to communicate. I know how to read. I know how to write. I know how to rally people. I'm pretty good at that stuff. 
I'm more and more experienced. I'm increasingly, especially as I get close to 40 now, I have more and more people who are kind of asking me for help. Hey, how would you do this? Based on your experience, what would you do with this? So I got experience. I've got a strong network of people. If I hit a problem, if I hit an issue, there are dozens of people literally that I could call and go, hey, you've been in something like this. Hey, I know you have expertise here. Hey, I know you could do something with this. How can you help? And I got plenty of money. Now, like you, I'd love more. It'd be great. But I, I, I can meet my needs. There's a lot of different stuff that can happen if we just go, you know what, let's redirect some resources toward that. It's scary to me how well I can function without God. It's really scary to me how well I can do ministry without him. Because I'm good at this job. Some of you are like, not that good. Well, but you're still here. I'm not saying I'm the best at this job, but listen, I know how to lead. I know how to communicate. I know how to anticipate. I know how to cast vision. I know how to build teams. I know how to do a lot of stuff. There's a lot I don't know how to do, but the stuff that's like the main competency of my job, I'm pretty good at. Do you know how terrifying that is? That my job is to lead the people of God toward an experience of God and to be competent enough at that to not always feel like I even need God. That's not a good place to be, which is why the prayer of my heart is constantly, Lord, I want to abide in you. Lord, I need you. Lord, show me the areas where I am weak so that I don't rely on my own strength. Lord, help me to depend on you because that's a scary place to be. Now listen, the same danger exists for our church. We've got great people in this church. We've got great staff. We've got great elders. We've got great volunteers. We've got great lay leaders. We've thought through smart plans and attention to detail and good systems. We do a lot of things well here as a church. And the temptation would be that we could do things so well and have things so polished and so have our act together that we do it without God. May it never be. There's a short little article that I go back to multiple times per year. I'm glad I actually cut and pasted it into a Word document because I don't think it is even online anymore. But it's an article by a guy named Jeff Surratt, and it's titled, How Long Could You Do Ministry Without God? Here's some of what he says in that piece. He says, The nation of Israel created an elaborate and efficient church that ran very well without God. The priests and Levites excelled at their roles, the sacrificial system was geared to handle the crowds at Passover efficiently. And the Jewish people knew their needs were met with consistency and care. 400 years after God had stepped away, the Jews no longer missed him. They had created a church without God. And then one weekend he showed up. He ignored their service plan. He tore up their resource table. And he violated their policies and procedures. Every time he came to a service, havoc ensued. 
Finally, they had to either completely change the way they did church or kill God. They chose to kill God. Listen, I believe that we think that God is welcome here. The question is, do we believe that God is necessary here? That apart from him, we can do nothing. Because that's what Jesus says. Look at John 15, verses 4 and 5. Abide in me, Jesus says. Remain in me. Stay close to me. And I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. May we never be a people. May we never be a church where God is welcome but not necessary. So get this, as we make these commitments... As we strengthen our resolve, as we go, yeah, I'm going in, be clear, we are not trusting in a launch team to become the best friend this community has. We are trusting in Jesus, and we're depending on Jesus, and we are to be a church that continually hungers and thirsts for him. You know, a lot of people these days ask me, uh, hey, when, when's the first Sunday in the new building? How's that building going? How's it, was it, when, when are you guys going to be in there? And, and I always go, have you ever done a construction project? You know the answer is we have no idea. But, <laughs> but we're aiming for the first Sunday in June. That's what I tell them. That's what we're hoping for. We'll see hopefully the first Sunday in June, kind of a soft, soft opening kind of thing. We'll see. So a lot of people ask me about the first Sunday in that new building. But no one's ever asked me about the last Sunday. And I had this thought a couple months ago as I was kind of walking around the property and, and, and I was kind of, uh, I'll get that later. I was in the back part and I was looking toward the front of this new building and I was thinking, what do I want to be true on the last day that I have in that place? Because there will be one. There will be a last time I drive off of that campus or am driven off of that campus, <laughs> right? And I hope it's not anytime soon. I don't have any, time, any plans to go anywhere anytime soon or anything like that. But, but I was just thinking, like, what are I, at the end, when there's already other leaders and other people and other ministry going on and it's continuing and nobody even remembers who I am, but the last time I'm driven off of that, what do I want to be true? And I thought, you know what? At that point in my life, I want to be a healthy Christian and I want to have led a healthy church. And I want to hand it to the next generation in health. Now, I know some of you hear that and you're like, come on, dude. That doesn't feel like you're dreaming very big. What about all this best friend our community has stuff? Do you know how rare it is for there to be a healthy church? For decades? Do you know how big that is? Do you know how big of a dream that is? Do you know how unlikely that is when you look at the landscape of churches? And so ultimately my dream for that last day is that I would drive off of it believing in my gut and in my heart and in my soul that apart from Jesus I could do nothing.
and to have a church that believes the same thing. That's what this day is about. That's what this church is about. Is being a church that clings to Jesus. Where our only hope is in him. Let's pray. Father in heaven. We thank you this morning for how you've been faithful to us. For how you've guided us. For how you've led us. For how you've developed us. God from a group of about 50 adults who made some big commitments, God, to now a family of more than a thousand people. And God, we're still hungry for you. We're still thirsting for you. God, we don't want to do this ministry in our own strength. We don't want to try to love our community in our own power. We want to stay close to you. We want to abide in you. We want to be connected to you. We don't want to be a church where you're just welcome. We want to be a church where you are necessary. Where apart from you, we can do nothing. So God, fill our hearts, not just with the mental awareness of our need, but with a sense of desperation. With an existential cry that says, apart from you, I have no good. My heart and my flesh may fail, but you're the strength of my heart and my portion forever. God, I need you. That's the cry of our heart, Lord. So would you meet us here as we make these commitments, as we dream big dreams, as we push into the future, would you meet us here? Would you allow us to abide in you? We pray in Christ's name, amen.